Hey, good morning or evening or afternoon on this Tuesday uh, episode of our continued journey through Scripture. Uh, Mike and I were just talking, and I, I do want to give a little shout out to Mike Baskin. He up, is up here recording these and getting them prepared and ready to, to drop every uh, Tuesday and Thursday. Uh, so definitely appreciate uh, him and his, his work with his uh, uh, slower internet that makes it a, a little bit extra time sometimes. So <laughs> pray for his internet that it always, that it speeds up. But uh, it is uh, it's exciting to be going through uh, the the scripture, and we were just talking about how uh, we're we're making pretty good headway, um, and we're now in the second half of Joshua. Uh, so today we're going to be looking at uh, Joshua chapters eleven through fifteen. So if you want to take a moment and read Joshua eleven through fifteen, uh, and we'll we'll come right back to it. So. The, we made it through the first 10 chapters of Joshua, and basically that covered the people uh, crossing over the Jordan River and entering into the Promised Land. Remember, this is a, a big picture of what has been started all the way back with Abraham. Um, now uh, has had lots of ups and downs along the the way, and you had Moses and the formation of the of the people with giving of the law, and and they crossed the Red Sea with Moses. Now they've crossed the Jordan River with Joshua, and they were able to basically uh, in the first. Uh, part of, of Joshua, they captured the southern part of the promised land. Uh, now they begin the northern conquest in chapter 11. One thing that jumped out to me, uh, again, remember, this is all taking probably four or five years, the, this process um, of, of entering into the land. And, and so they are now preparing their invasion of the northern kingdoms, and some of the northern kingdoms, they get together uh, to put up a good defense. Uh, in verse 4 of chapter 11, says, So they went out, they and all their armies with them, uh, talking about the enemies uh, of, of the people of Israel, uh, as many people as the sand that is on the seashore in multitude, uh, with very many horses and chariots. And when all these kings had met together, they came and camped together at the waters of Merom to fight against Israel. I thought that was interesting, a, a way of explaining how many people was there. Do you recognize that, uh, of how the, uh, the sand uh, that is on the seashore, right? That was the promise given to, to Abraham. Um, and so that is a method of, of explaining a, a large, uh, well, in this case, a large overwhelming force. Right? Uh, in Abraham's case, it was the promise of great blessing because the people would be like the numbered on the, the sands of the seashore. So again, sometimes we get into the weeds of trying to, to make the Bible be exact and, and you know, kind of with the, the, the numbers, we want to make all the numbers match and things like that. Sometimes that's just not that, that's that's not the way that uh, literature was back then, and and uh, it's just that jumped out to me. So you do have this great army of multiple kings with horses and chariots. So I mean, and we are now getting into kind of the historical record, and there's archaeology that backs this up. This time frame, you started seeing um, uh, iron that was there with chariots, things like that. Um, so that this would be evidence of a very powerful uh, enemy. And verse 6 says, But the Lord said to Joshua, Do not be afraid because of them. 
right? I, I love that. It, it just said it's an army with the, the numbers are like the sands in the seashore and their horses and chariots. And the Lord says, don't be afraid for tomorrow about this time, I will deliver all of them slain before Israel. You shall hamstring their horses and burn their chariots with fire. So Joshua and all the people of uh, uh, of war with him came against them suddenly by the waters of Merom, and they attacked them. And the Lord delivered them into the hand, hand of Israel, who defeated them and chased them uh, to greater Sidon. So that that's really all we know. We just know that, that uh, the Lord encouraged Joshua, said, don't be afraid, I'm going to take care of it. And and that is what we see throughout this conquest with Joshua. Joshua is constantly reminding the people and being reminded by God that this is all God's doing, uh, that God is the one who is giving them uh, the victory. Yes, they have to go out, and, and yes, it costs. The, 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 there were many uh, Israelites who would die in these battles, but, but God was the one who was behind this. Um, it, it, Another thing that jumped out in chapter 11, uh, getting into verse uh, 19, there was not a city that made peace with the children of Israel um, except the inhabitants of Gibeon. Um, So they would actually try to seek peace with many of these uh, cities, but it was never accepted. Uh, And then we have some similar language to what we had with uh, Pharaoh, of God hardening Pharaoh's uh, heart says, all the others they took in battle, for it was of the Lord to harden their hearts that they should come against Israel in battle, that he might utterly destroy them and that they might receive no mercy, but that he might destroy them as the Lord has had commanded Moses. Again, the, the cultural way of war, that's how it, it played out, is you would seek to destroy your enemy. And there was reason for that. And there was certainly reason um, for the the people to do this now so that they would not be corrupted by the evil uh, of the people who are in the land. Remember, we've talked about the gods that they worshiped, child sacrifice. There were a lot of evil things that were done. And and so God did not want them to have any part of that. But uh, But we'll see that the people didn't always follow um, <laughs> that uh, demand. Uh, chapter 12 uh, goes through, talks about the kings conquered by Moses and the kings conquered by Joshua. There were 31 kings that Joshua ended up defeating. Um, in verse 13, it talks about kind of some of the remaining land uh, that needed to be uh, uh, taken, and they begin kind of the process of dividing the land. Verse 13 of chapter 13 says, Nevertheless, the children of Israel did not drive out the Geshurites or the Maccathites, but the Geshurites and Maccathites dwell among the Israelites until this day. Uh, again, that kind of a, uh, a warning of what is to come. Um, the rest of chapter 13 uh, uh, shows how the land is starting to be divided up, the land of Reuben, the land of Gad, the half of the tribe uh, of Manasseh to the east. So uh, if you remember, some of the tribes are going to take land on the eastern side of the Jordan River. Um, re- remember, there was that conversation that they wanted that to be their inheritance, but, uh, th- but they said that they would go with the people to help them fight. Um, so now we're finally getting to the end of this. So now they are getting prepared to go back across the Jordan River to the east side uh, to uh, establish uh, their their communities and, and their cities there. 
Now, chapter 14 um, kind of begins this transition. The conquest overall has now been completed. Now, it's, it's not fully completed, uh, but the, the major part of it is de- done. So now it's, it's dividing out the land, and it brings up Caleb. Uh, if you remember who Caleb is, Caleb and Joshua were the two spies um, that originally, uh, when the people had got were being prepared to go into the promised land, that had come back and they said, no, we can do this because God is with us. But remember the 10 other spies said, no, we can't do it. And then they ended up wandering for 40 years. Well, Caleb uh, was promised uh, his own land. Um, you know, all the others were the tribes had their land, but Caleb uh, is being uh, inherits some of the the land. Says he's was eighty five years old um, whenever this happened. Again, you know what we learned that probably means he was around forty when he was a spy. Then he wandered for around forty years, right? And then they've been battling for five years. Um, and, uh, and it says that he is just as strong this day as on the day that Moses sent, sent me, uh, just as my strength was then. So now is my strength for war, both for going out, for coming in. Um, it says in Joshua verse 13 and Joshua blessed him and gave him, gave, uh, Hebron to Caleb, uh, the son of Jephunneh as inheritance. Um, and so that, uh, the Hebron, that's actually a, a city that uh, you will see throughout the Old Testament um, that was given to Caleb. Uh, chapter 15 um, looks at the, the land of Judah um, and starts to kind of lay out the cities that they are going to be uh, uh, taking and kind of uh, uh, creating their borders. Um, we have a, a list of the cities of Judah. Um, it, you know, as you kind of begin reading, and especially as we go into to next next week, you're going to be able to tell when it gets into some of these cities um, if it's okay just to kind of start skimming that. <laughs> okay, that's that's all right. Uh, don't get bogged down in in this. Um, and and I I do want to take time on on this podcast to to mention this. We talked a little bit about this in numbers, but especially here, we're going to wrap up. Uh, with this chapter 15. Uh, but next on Thursday, we're going to talk about chapter 16 through the end of Joshua. So, uh, all the way to, to chapter 24. Um, most of that is kind of a list of cities of all the different tribes, right? So there's 12 tribes. So 12 long list of, of cities, it gets really boring, right? Uh, you know, unless you had a direct connection to that, uh, and you could look and say, oh man, that's, that's my lineage right there. That would be kind of cool. Uh, but for us, like, let's just be honest, it's going to be pretty boring. It's okay to skim through. But as I was thinking about it and how to even a- a- approach it, the boringness of it actually serves to strengthen the case that this is a historical document, that this happened. Because if this was just a story to try to convince people to follow God, why would you include all of this stuff, right? This is boring. No one wants to hear that. We don't care about where the tribe of Gad, where the cities were, right? Like that doesn't matter. But 
It matters because it happened. It matters because they did take this seriously and they broke this out and they realized, no, we are taking this land and this is the land that God has promised us. And here are the cities. Here, here's how we're going to, uh, to spread out among the land. So it was very important to them, which is why it is included in scripture. And, and so many times we kind of dismiss that. Um, but to me, it really proves how this actually happened. Why would you make up all of this stuff if, if this wasn't historically relevant and historically accurate? Uh, so as you skim through that, I encourage you to, to do some skimming on uh, some of these lists. Uh, but also remember how that reminds us that this really did happen. This, this happened in history, that God is not a God who just created and stayed up in whatever wherever heaven is. No, he is a God who is involved in the world around us. And, and every once in a while, there are periods of history where he becomes intimately involved and active. And, uh, and this is one of those t- uh, time periods. And so it is, it is very important, even though it, it kind of gets a little, little old. But hey, if you're looking at maybe starting your own city, there's a lot of list of names here that maybe will give you a good idea of a, of a way to start. So I hope that you enjoy reading uh, the rest of Joshua, Joshua's chapter 16 through 24. And on Thursday, we'll finish out the book of Joshua. All right, we'll see you there.